0: I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design, and on the show today, you are going to hear about a company that is changing the way you look, design, and style the verticals, the upstanding barriers. Yeah, we're talking about wallpaper. So much has changed when it comes to design in general over the past 10 years specifically, but... Dramatic changes in wall coverings have been a major focus for many creatives who were actively seeking new design frontiers to conquer. I would say the last major developments in wallpaper came in, what, the 1970s, with new and experimental colors, metallics and flocks. Interesting to note that wallpaper dates back to the 16th century, much of which was used to design the interiors of cabinetry. By the 20th century, it was ubiquitous. Designs were simple at first, floral motifs to to make the repeat an easier process, block printed with different colors stamped over the last to create the desired effect. Over time, the process in Europe got to be incredibly intricate and quality control got better. Flocks became popular using a powdered wool that was the byproduct of the wool industry. Think about that idea for a moment. What a remarkable use for a wasted product. Until the aforementioned 1970s pretty much abused the concept in unimaginable ways, flocking I'm referring to, combined with metallics and a color palette spilled over from the psychedelic 1960s. Backtracking for a moment, around the 17th century, chinoiserie style papers were coming out of Asia and could be found in the stylish boutiques of Paris and London. These were painted, not printed, with non-repeating compositions with vivid color that lent the feel of true luxury. Many designers have shared with me a trepidation for wallpaper on the part of their clients. The rationales all make sense, a, a still fresh repulsion from the 1980s and 90s, a fear that it becomes instantly dated or clashes with the furnishings, fixtures, and art. That final point is one I want to focus on, the art And that is really a good point, because the proliferation of art at all price levels, um, it's exploded over the past 8 to 10 years in the U.S., and this leads me into my conversation with Diane Perry, president of Area Environments. First, about the company, founded in 2012, Area Environments is a studio that curates originals from contemporary artists, and with that, produces large format wallpapers and murals. This feels like the natural progression for the medium. Thinking about this differently, in a perfect world, one could build the space, style, and scale around the art. But that's not realistic. So what about finding the art that you love and stretching, molding, and conforming it to the space you have? See, that makes sense. Diane Perry has been with Area Environments since 2018 and has an extensive art background. She's a photographer, graphic designer who originally studied fashion design. And we'll use that as the primer for my chat with Diane. Are you subscribing to the podcast? If not, seriously, why? Anyway, doesn't matter, please do. So you get every episode automatically when they're published. You can find Confo by Design everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And now you can find us on designnetwork.org, a destination dedicated to podcasts all things design and architecture, so make sure to check that out. Convo by Design is presented by Walker Zanger, a fantastic company and an equally fantastic design partner. While the Walker Zanger brand was built on the promise to inspire designers and architects to do their best work, there's far more to it than that. Yes, that promise is fulfilled every day through a commitment to provide the best ceramic, glass, stone, porcelain, and concrete surfaces and finishes. But at the heart is a family-owned and operated business that provides stunning surfaces for a well-designed home and does it to make designers and architects do their best work for their clients. Walker Zanger started in 1952, and they are absolutely one of the best trade partners a designer can have. Check out their newest collaborative line with designer Pietta Donovan a collection of cement and ceramic tiles inspired by the patterns and colorways of the 1970s and created with a comfortable modernity. Walker Zanger is on the cutting edge of design, featuring products for every style and architectural feel you can create. And they provide homeowners with the materials that dream kitchens and baths are made of. Check out any of their 14 showrooms across the country or shop online, walkerzanger.com. One quick question. Um, that's not so quick. How are you and how are you holding up?
1: It's a great question. Uh, especially given, given the time, um, right. I, I am doing surprisingly well. Um, I, I like probably most people go back and forth. There's been some really rough things that have happened in the last year that have been, um, difficult to navigate. And there's been some real great silver linings as well. So, you know, as me personally, I've had some some struggles. Um, area as a business has done really well. Um, there's been so many people, you know, stuck at home redesigning their houses, and area has been able to, you know, to really weather the storm. I have a great, small, nimble team of of great individuals, and we've been able to figure out how to do the work from home. I have a small production crew in the building, and it's, you know. It's it's been kind of a blessing in that regard of being able to shift so quickly.
0: Well, and business aside, I mean, it's interesting your your career, and and we can we'll get to area in a second. But with regard to you, you know, you're you're a creator, you're an artist yourself, you're a photographer. You came from fashion. Um, I have found that in talking to people, especially uber creative types, over the last year, the 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 biggest challenge has been mental from missing out on all of the things that truly inspire us, you know, and it's finding ways to, to find inspiration in a situation where you don't have access to so many of the things that you have become completely accustomed to.
1: It's true. Um, and as a creative, I, I chose to really shift gears so in my off time i i have a, a a very large creative space with all my crafting supplies and art supplies and all of those things and you know towards as, as it, i'd say october i just got to this point where i couldn't be outside near as much as i was because i really like being outdoors and camping and hiking and and that has been very doable during that whole the whole last summer um, but soon as everything really started, ch- you know gauging towards the election and all the media and all that stuff, I found myself, um, I found myself hiding in my art space and creating and remembering the joy of what creating does and that outlet for all things uncertain, all things uncomfortable, um, uh, even losing a close, friend, you know, over the course of the, the, the second part of this last year, I, I was able to go back to my creative roots of making things and realizing just how therapeutic that is. And it was, it was a good reminder. It was a good thing for me to get back to that space, um, to start sharing that with other people too, of like, hey, have you thought about just drawing or painting or playing with something? Um, I think it's that element of play that has been missing for so many of us, but that's where the creativity for me shows up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so, isn't it interesting how the idea of home, the concept of home, it it has, it's become this, this love hate relationship with, with the, the places in which we live. Right. Um, Prior to early last year, if you didn't want to be at home, cool. I'm in Southern California. I can just drive for an hour and a half out to Palm Springs, go stay for a weekend, get recharged, come back. Not so, not so much that that access anymore. And, and everyone has has had to figure out what works for them. But the one thing that has that is like this constant through line is that home is more important than it ever has been before.
1: It's true, and I always have these moments too where I think about what about those who don't have homes and this. In this crazy time, of yeah, that goes through my mind on a pretty regular basis.
0: And if you if you let yourself, it can torture you. You know, it can it can, it can absolutely it, it can make you crazy if you think about it. And I think that you know, in this time where where so many people have have you know searched for the idea of home and what home actually means for them, I do think that it opens up this incredible uh, future for our industry. And you're providing something that's, that's really amazing, uh, as a resource for designers and architects, as well as for homeowners. Tell me, tell me about area. Um, you've been with the company for a while.
1: I've been with the company a little over eight years. Um, it started about nine years ago. Um, gosh, actually probably almost going on 10 years. Um, Between the owner, his name is Jamie Reich, and um, the creative director at the time, her name was Catherine Korb, they partnered together. Um, She had a background in installation art, and Jamie had a background in theater, set design, um, and created a company that did a lot of faux finishing that eventually turned into wallpaper. And so those two meeting kind of had this aha moment of, wow, what would it look like if we took artists' artwork and created that whole type of environment, almost a theatrical set design. Um, and so that was Jamie's background. It was, not, it was not a far stretch to go from a, a thea- theater set design into changing an entire space with just one wall. Um, oftentimes that's what you're working with in theater is just one wall and changing the whole perception of your space. And so... Yeah, I came on eight years ago, believe it or not, as a design intern. I did, you know, all of the branding, um, the installation images, and a lot of the the setup work to get it to a space of sellable product.
0: And I love something that you said. You know, let's let's talk about theatrics for a minute. Jamie was a prop master, and so he for for live. Stage. Um, I, I've done a lot of work with the Set Decorator Society of America and I have this, I have the utmost respect for set decorators and what they do because they're not designing for a client, they're designing for written words on a page that define a specific scenario. And I think what's really interesting is if, if one can transition that idea of theatrics from a page to real life, you can tell anybody's story uh with with the proper amount of application right and so that that being said that is really what what you do it's this is we're not talking about wallpaper
1: no it literally it's art it is art that changes the entire room um and even just one wall of it, although I I love seeing it in a whole surround room or even a ceiling application. But when it's installed, and I've done this numerous times, um, just doing one wall and you stand back and you're like, wow, this whole room, it just looks completely different. Um, Yes, you can, you can paint a wall and we do this Often, infrequently, and it changes the appearance. But there is something about having life-size artwork on your wall that shifts everything.
0: Yeah, and it it does, right? And the fir- so many
1: different worlds with so many different styles of artwork.
0: The fir- speaking of that, I wanted to ask you about the curation process.
1: It's an interesting process. Um, the nice thing. About today's online community world, um, World Wide Web, is that galleries, artists, museums—you can do a virtual walk in just about any city in the world today and seek out and look at artist artwork. So it has become a pretty collective process at Area. Anybody can come to the table with an artist suggestion. We kind of go through it together. We look at it all together. How could this transform a space? Could we see this more commercially? Do we see this more residentially? There's a much broader conversation that happens as we bring artists to the table. And then we do a pretty democratic process of voting. Uh, We get all of the artists, and it's before we even talk to the artists, We, we just get all of these ideas together of like, okay, what could this collection look like with all of these different artists? And then we go from there to reaching out to the artists. Uh, hey, how would you like to be a part of area environment? So, and we hope that they say yes. It's not always, a, it doesn't always go that direction, but it's a pretty democratic process in how we select art and artists for our collections.
0: What does that relationship look like with the artist? Once it goes through your internal team, you find the artist, you you engage with them. What, what it's happens, pretty, what happens it next?
1: Pretty, it becomes a pretty personal process there. I, I have to establish trust with the artist first. You're taking, you're taking their baby from them basically and trying to raise them into a different thing. And so you really have to start with trust. And so it becomes a very personal conversation that I have with most of the artists, Um, I like to find out how they started, why they started, um, what's their process, what are they going through when they're making art, like that whole story is so paramount to our product and I say this frequently to so many people that I feel like we're much more of an artist representation company that just happens to make wallpaper because so many of us in at AREA, our artists outside of work, we're all super sensitive to the needs of artists, to making sure they make a living, to making sure we keep with the integrity of their artwork. There's just so much of that that is important that I share with that artist at the very beginning. And so it's really developing a relationship with the artists. I, to the point of, I have pretty personal relationships with a lot of them. I. This sounds so silly when I say this I sent rocks to one of our artists because I found them on a hike and I know she's a hiker too and when I saw them I'm like oh my gosh these are like little Leslie Friends paintings this is crazy I gotta send these to her um so we we I do I have very personal relationships with a lot of our artists um you have to build that trust
0: Absolutely. And, and, you know, backing away from the artist themselves for a second and, and focusing on the product itself. It's so funny because wallpaper is back. Wallpaper is having a moment. Um, And I don't think it's going to be, it's not going to, it's not just a moment, but it's taken a while for what, for the idea of wallpaper to come back. Why do you think that is?
1: I think we have all of these crazy horror stories. Well, those of us who are old enough to remember them, these crazy horror stories of one, having to remove paper. I purchased a home two years ago that had six layers of wallpaper in almost every single room. And the irony was not lost on me of trying to remove it. Um, and when it's from you know the 30s and 40s and 50s, it's not easy to remove. And so that fear of how to remove wall covering and that fear of the ugly wall covering <laughs> that people have stumbled across in, in homes, I think that was what prevented people from thinking about wall covering as a decorative force. And I think now there's just so many other technologies that allows for easy removal of wall coverings that people aren't as afraid of it anymore. And they also see just how dramatic uh, wallpaper can be. So I think that fear is going away.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's so funny too. Is it, as you said that I had this instant flashback. I I'm a native Angeleno. I grew up in the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles in the late '70s, early '80s. You know, when I was in my formative years, uh, and I, I and I remember everything about the house I grew up in. It was that it was that mid-century modern ranch style with the with the stone fireplace i know you're feeling what i'm it had it had the green shag carpet and the orange people puffy wallpaper that now. what's that
1: people probably die for that now
0: oh i know right but in <laughs> palm springs it's great but it also had that that orange puffy wallpaper the the really the flocked, the the, flocked wallpaper the raised flocked wallpaper with oranges and gold and mm, um But but shiny
1: metallic in there too. Yes
0: yes. But but that's not that's not what we're talking about anymore. And I and I think what's interesting is looking for you know designers are always looking for new ways to to satisfy their clients and make their clients happy and and especially this year because nobody's been able to go anywhere to source and to see and it's one thing to just use the internet at partially to, to source. Right. But when it, when you, that's all you have to do exclusively, it makes it very, very challenging and difficult. And I imagine that the design community is absolutely loving this.
1: We've been, we've been successful from the get-go, which is incredibly rewarding, but it also tells me that there is an appetite for great art and that combination of art and wall coverings was something really kind of new. Not that wall coverings were new, mind you, but how we were doing them with artist artwork and creating large scale mural based uh, wall coverings was relatively new when we started. Um, And so I I feel like our timing for what we were creating and the time that we entered the market was a perfect recipe for success. Is it just came on right as wall covering was starting to make this comeback.
0: So going from designer, uh, sorry, from artist relations and transitioning over to trade relations, specifically with the design community, how, how, have you, how have you approached that?
1: Our distribution channels are mostly showrooms. We do have a few independent sales reps as well. But that is that's who's selling our product, and I think I think sharing the stories, as I feel like we are, are you know, culturally, we are a story-based species. We we love to be able to share um, stories back and forth, and the stories of artists and how they generated their artwork, or if there was something special in regards to creating that artwork. Once that is passed on to our sales reps and our showrooms, they too get excited by it. And so I think that sharing of all those stories is what has helped make that transition from artist artwork world to the design community. I think people are starting to be more thoughtful about their purchases. They're wanting to they're wanting to kind of steer away from that mass-produced um you know slated for the landfill easy turnaround type thing and they really want their purchases to have meaning and I feel like that's where area really kind of shines is it's taking you know it, it's real artists it's real people who have you know worked and created these things and it becomes yeah it becomes much more important than just a regular repeating while covering pattern
0: what is your and this is something you know this is more technical from the business side of it but coming coming out of hopefully thankfully you know coming out of this this time when we we've had to stop all of the face to face all of the the trade events now we're sort of getting back to working together in person again how how do you how do you like to engage with the trade? Do you, do you, in addition to the showrooms and the, and the reps, do you do events? Do you do show showcase houses? Do you do, um, you know, any other types of, of trade activities that
1: kind of all of the above really Um, obviously there was no BDNY last year, but we've participated in BDNY multiple times, ICFF. So we've, we've done the, the trade show um, route, We have also, you know, a lot of each market's a little different, but we'll have like a spring market or a fall market or something along those lines. And we've, we've showed up and done presentations within our showrooms for those, for those markets. Um, Excuse me. We, um have even brought an artist with us to do actual demonstrations. We've done happy hours with, with artists doing, you know, actual demonstrations of their artwork. We have participated in um, many show houses, lots of um, wall covering being uh, specified for, for those. It's so kind of all of the above.
0: And one of the things that I was doing, and I would encourage anyone listening to this uh, to to follow along if you go to areaenvironments.com, which is the website, and there's, there's a, you can click on Wall Envy. And I don't want to put you on the spot on any of these, but I'm, I'm <laughs> sure you've seen and you're familiar. As I'm looking through these, it, it just makes me happy. And it makes me happy because there are so many different ways to present this. And, you know, starting at the top and the, the different applications that are, that are available, you know, you have this restaurant space with Studio Lemonade and you have this, this entire wall of, of butterflies.
1: Oh, the moss from Nisa. Correct. That's, yeah, that's in a, in a coffee shop in Denver, actually.
0: Yeah, a, a Studio Lemonade in, in Denver. And it's just amazing. Uh, And and it really opens up because, you know, this, this looks like a commercial space. The the restaurant, you know, their, their sparse design, how they finished it, it really is a a fun environment. And the way that you have this, this application of these, these butterflies that are just along the whole entire wall, um, it adds a splash of color. And then moving down, there's another one, which is the complete, opposite with Form West in Vancouver, Canada, where you have this, this black and white against the iconic Phillips collection chair. It's just, you, it, what it does is it, it kind of opens the mind a little bit as to what, what the potential is and what's possible.
1: With each of our collections, we really try to focus. We do two collections a year, one in the spring, one in the fall. And each time we do a collection, we really try to focus and have at least one artist that is kind of that almost scratch your head, like, wow, is that a wall covering? Why would you do that as a wall covering? Because we want to remind everyone that we're still, you know, we're still fine arts based. Um, So there's always one artist in, in our collections that we're just like, Whoa, wouldn't have thought about that as a wall covering. So it's fun. So I think, I think there's something for everybody within our collections. Um, If you're, if you're really afraid of color, there's, there's some that are a little bit more subdued. And if you want to go into a completely fictional world that exists as well.
0: Well, and you can take it even further. If you want to talk about custom for a minute.
1: We we can. We have, a, we have a great talented team of designers. And if you have even an idea of like, this is what I'm envisioning. I'm envisioning, you know, irises painted on my ceiling. You name it. Um, we, we can generate a custom design for you. We can also take, if you have the copyright license for an image or a particular piece of artwork, we can also create that in-house as well. Um, To their specifications. A lot of custom coloring options are are really big for interior designers as well, working with a particular color palette.
0: Tell me about the materials you work with.
1: Um, We have, how would I describe, we have multiple different substrates. We have, it's kind of between commercial and residential. We have a, a matte and a linen type um, substrate that is eco-friendly, probably more for your residential. And then we do have the type twos as well, um, a canvas and a and a mat. We also have specialty substrates as well that are metallics that add a whole other dimension to the wall covering itself. And we also carry scrim, which is a fabric-based window film. So it actually warms up the space. But if you need privacy and and need light to uh, be filtered in, that's a great product to use as well.
0: Tell me a little bit more about that. Because I I can see so many different applications for something like that.
1: I I really think right now with everybody starting to think about how to get back into the office, I'm seeing a lot of like plexi type dividers or glass type dividers that this um, film can be applied to. It's very easy installation, although we still say definitely use a commercial installer. Um, it is relatively easy to install uh, and, it, and it's fabric versus, you know, a plastic film. It's a water-based adhesive, so it's all very earth-friendly and yet warms up that glass or cold plexi-type partition. And so we print on the surface of that, so the, the mural will continue, like even if you wanted to do a wall into a window, and continue with the wall. We can do that seamlessly so that your mural isn't broken up anywhere, but it also works as a privacy film as well.
0: So Diane, is the, is the idea here really that, you know, this is, this is a forever product if you want it to be, but it doesn't have to be.
1: Correct. Yeah. We've even, we've, we've had multiple sales at this point in time where, it's been a repeat customer, redoing the same wall, just wanting a different piece of artwork, which is kind of fun to see that people have get excited about new artwork.
0: Yeah, right. So, so tell, me, tell me something from a, from a company standpoint what would you, what would you like this to be? I mean, how big do you want to get? Do you, do you eventually envision, are are you going to, are you going to maintain this boutique status of the company or is, or is the idea that this, this type of thing become ubiquitous, that it become available everywhere you find, you know, that you have different lines for, for people to just walk in and be able to buy it by the roll?
1: Well, it's certainly, it's, it's certainly come up numerous times of where we want to take the company. Um, we we were approached um, a, a while back to be purchased once upon a time, and we chose not to go down that path. Uh, we were a bit afraid of kind of corporatizing our, our little company. Um, yeah. <laughs> at the same time, we're still growing, and we're starting to now look at different, ways to grow the company. We are contemplating a retail launch here soon as well. And we're really starting to think about different ways of how we stay in this industry and grow our company, even to the point of like, what would it look like if we started offering, you know, other artists artwork as far as sculpture goes and those types of things and being able to think about that in a broader, being able to give an audience to artists who may not have the ability to show their creative work and be sold into the venues and the types of customers that we're dealing with. And so we, we continue with those types of conversations. So I do see area growing. We do continue to keep growing. There's always that how big do you want to get and is When is it too big? And I don't want it to be super corporate-y like, yeah, I, I, I do. I struggle with that concept. Um, and still wanting to remain true to our roots and who we are as a company without losing that.
0: Is all of your outreach, or, or sorry, is all of your curation done on an outreach basis? What if, there's, what if there's a designer slash artist who says, you know what, my work would make for a great, uh, for, for great wallpaper?
1: I get those inquiries all the time. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I do.
0: And how, and how welcome is that?
1: It's, it's always welcome. Um, there's always going to be artwork that just does not come in front of my face without it being put there. Uh, I, I have a limited uh, ability to see everything. And so I always welcome people to, to send their artwork to me or their portfolios to me. We also work with designers as well who um, you know, may have a particular idea for wall covering that they would like to create. And that's always a fun road to go down as well.
0: I bet it is.
1: I, I, I can't think talk about it right now, but we're working with, with a designer uh, to, to hopefully launch this fall, a, an awesome collection of his covering. but <laughs> I can't talk about that too much at the moment, but
0: well, it's, maybe...
1: happening. it's starting to happen that way.
0: I love that. Maybe you can come back. Um, and, and you know, what's interesting too, Diane, I feel like, you you have a really good understanding and a really good feel for this for a number of reasons, but not the least of which is because you know you came from fashion, so you get that. You're a photographer, so you you get how what the eye sees. But you also you also try to slow yourself down through through sketching your experiences. So you kind of have like this full understanding of how to translate a feel. Um, Onto a graphic, onto a
1: wall. Thank you. I've never really put all that together, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> What's funny is I, I remember, you know, probably a year into my career at Area Environments, I had this aha moment of realizing that I've used every single skill set that I you know, all of these other little lifetimes that I've lived, I have been able to bring to the table from photography and and photographing our product to using Photoshop to create installation images, to create all of our branding, to being an artist and being able to create the showroom books and bookbinding experience and all the way to being able to have that conversation with artists that's very real and not superficial.
0: Well, and I, and I get that. And I think that it goes, it goes a bit deeper and, you know, back to the fashion thing, you know, people don't really, sometimes they don't make the connection, you know, fashion really is the, the basis. It's kind of like the nucleus, right? The starting point for all other forms of, of design and art. I, I I feel it at many times.
1: What's that? It, it, There's so many things for interiors as well as other design that follows fashion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, if you, if you think about it deeply, you you realize that fashion is nothing more than design for the person. Right. So, so why wouldn't it stand to reason that you could take those same ideas? The difference is, you know, sometimes there's the, the, the evil side of it too, where, you know, fast, fast fashion gave way to fast design and that clearly doesn't work.
1: That's, frustrates me I I don't want to spend too much time in that in that space of course but I I go back and forth with that so frequently in talking about that and watching how quickly these these design concepts come and go so quickly and how much that is happening um I see it probably more so like on Instagram, you know, because it's so image heavy of like, wow, that was popular last year and now it's already gone. We used to, I mean, we used to sit with our interiors for years and years and years before we thought about switching something. And now I, I'm worried that our appetite to see something new so quickly will hurt us somewhere along the line in the long run. More so with, of course, um, you know, just. All of these things ending up in landfills at some point. I don't know. I I, I struggle with that as Ye- as, as a human.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. I get that, and and I I see that struggle. I feel it too. I think what's interesting as well is you know combine that with the fact that you know art is is one of the one of the number one sources. Travel and art, right right, are the two sources of inspiration for for people. The two main sources of inspiration. I guess you can include nature there too. But with art being as expensive. As it can be, and this seems like something that almost falls or can fall within that same category. Agreed. I love that. I really do. Um, this was a lot of fun. I really do appreciate the time that uh, that you spent today. And and I will tell you, I'm looking forward to. It, and I want to hold you to it. Um, maybe coming back when you can you can announce some of the people that you're working with. That would be fun. Okay, cool.
1: Early, <laughs> early, early fall. Okay, fair
0: enough. To- hey, listen, by By early fall, um, we should all be outside again, uh,
1: getting- mostly normal?
0: Somewhat normal?
1: <laughs> that's what I'm hoping. I'm kinda, hoping- Kinda that, normal?
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, what does normal mean?
1: Um, that is, uh, that's open for interpretation.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> thank you diane i really enjoyed our time together thank you walker zanger and thermosol for your partnership and thank you for listening and subscribing to the podcast keep those emails coming convo by design at outlook.com bringing this idea back remember adding the word pleasure to our architectural aspirations will make life better for all who choose to embrace this idea see if you can add this word to what you do every day and watch what happens I'm looking forward to seeing you again in person at a design event uh, very soon. Until then, be well and take today first.